Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Robots Radio presents... You're listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast, the best way for everyone from experienced dungeon masters to those curious about D&D to learn more about the worlds, creatures, and lore of Dungeons & Dragons. Hello and welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons Lorecast. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. We will be your lore master and lore mistress for for this for this journey that for this lore journey. Lorny? Is that a thing? A lorny? A I lorny? don't I don't a, a lore venture? That sounds like a place. It sounds like Forney. And Forney is a place. Forney is a place. Not a place that I would recommend anyone going no. to. I'd rather go to Lorny. It sounds like it's happier and full of lore. That maybe that's what they should call. Uh, maybe they should call libraries lorebraries. Lorebraries. <laughs> that let then then just generate more interest because everyone loves lore. Everyone loves some good lore. That's true. That's true. I do love some lore. That's why I'm here. That's why we're all here. And this week we're going to discuss some changeling lore, which is pretty awesome. So changelings. For those that are un- uh, unfamiliar with that particular race, uh, it is it started off as a race that was introduced in the Eberron campaign, mm-hmm. and um, addition in addition to changelings, there's a, a similar race known as shifters or lycanthropes, and we'll be discussing lycan the, the shifters in the Patron Plus installment to this episode. But mm-hmm. we've got changelings on the brain right now. And mm-hmm. I didn't think there's going to be that much lore attached to them. Surprisingly yeah. enough, there is. There's quite a bit. Well, they they would have root in actual changelings, like the um, Eastern or the European lore of changelings, people that would steal babies sure. and take yeah. on any shape. So it it's definitely where it started at there is the folklore aspect Absolutely. of it. So this is from the uh from the fifth edition book eberron rising from the last war long ago there was a woman named jess and she had 100 children her rivals conspired against her and swore to kill her children jess begged the sovereign for help but their only answer was the wind and rain in the depths of her despair a lonely traveler took her hand i will protect your children if they follow my path, let them wander the world. They may be shunned and feared, but they will never be destroyed. Jess agreed, and the traveler gave her his cloak. When she draped it over her children, their old faces melted away, and they could be whoever they wanted to be. And so it remains. Though the children are shunned by all, the gift of the traveler protects them still. Love it. Awesome. Like, right? Like, that sends, yes. like, chills down your spine. Like, that's the what we're here for. That was the first thing I read when I went to research. I pulled it up. This was the the Eberron stuff on D&D Beyond is the first thing that came up because I searched there first when I'm researching. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> for, for those of you I, who want to know how the sauce is made. How this goes. <laughs> it's, uh, 
it's real boring. <laughs> There's usually I, snacks involved. So oh, I mean, like, that part's good. And and I've said this before. I'm saying it now. And I will probably say it again in the future. <laughs> this is literally what I would be doing anyway, which is, is like researching D&D stuff. And, yeah. you know, and just, just knowing it and learning it and, like mm-hmm. you know, being able to, you know, bore people at parties about it. <laughs> talk to people and they're like uh-huh like, wow. but as soon as I like as soon as I went to the page this was the first thing that I read and I was like well that's the opening that that's... is 100% the first thing that's gonna get said about changeling yeah which is this absolutely is so great. good so like this legendary account of the origin of the changeling changeling race uh, like I said they are a character race that were introduced in the Eberron campaign setting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they can easily easily be inserted into any other setting whether it be official or homebrew i mean oh, there's nothing sure. about the changeling race that is eberron specific yeah uh, unlike the similar doppelganger who have full shape changing ability changelings have a limited ability to alter their forms which still makes them you know particularly suited to you know spying to being a spy to, mm-hmm. to being a thief to any kind of like criminal activity mm-hmm uh, and in fact, they, they, they have, they have, they're closely tied to doppelgangers. They're like they, um, you know, w- when people think of changelings, they often think of doppelgangers either by mistake or just because of the close ties that they have. Right. Because originally, the closest that changelings came to an official origin was that they actually evolved from union of humans and doppelgangers. And um, so they're like, you know, the human doppelganger offspring. Right. And that was thanks to the machinations of the deity known as the Traveler. And they're now a distinct race. So this deity known as the Traveler is like, hey, humans, hey, doppelgangers, y'all do mm-hmm. the bedroom bam bam and make a new race. <laughs> I like that it's the Traveler. That is the absolute perfect deity for that. He's a trickster god. Exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. So. Good stuff. And then, but this changed in fifth edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now changelings actually ha- originated first, and doppelgangers are, you know, actually the res- you know come from them rather than the other right. way around. Flip the script, and that's a result of the of um, a lord of madness, a Dalkir, known as Diran the Corrupter, and his wild experiments on changelings. So. Uh, Dalkirs have ties to mind flayers, beholders, okay. um, other you know foul aberrations like mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, like I mean, if you're hanging out with mind flayers and beholders, you're probably not good people. Probably not the best guy. So, Diran the Corrupter enhanced the latent psychic abilities of the changelings to develop doppelgangers, while also implanting a desire to cause chaos in the communities around them even when there's no benefit to them. So like utter, like actual true chaos, not just, you know, I'm going to cause chaos to benefit myself. It's just chaos just for chaos, chaos. sake. It's great. I feel like that's somehow better though. Like I could, all right, you just cause the problems to be chaotic. Cool. Okay. At least you're not selfish too. I don't, I mean, I don't, I feel like it's worse because it's like, oh. I, if you're trying to like, you know, shake stuff up and make things like kind of haywire, so you could then like take over or you could profit somehow. Mm. Like that makes sense to me. But if you're just like, okay, like my brain's you know, I mean, just that's, like the whole thing with the Joker, right? He's like, some men just want to watch the world burn. burn. And so... This is true. I just picture like groups of changeling hoodlums with a bunch of shenanigans in a city. Like it would just be fun to me to like, figure out who's as, like, doing greasers. Yeah. A little greaser, their combs, <laughs> slick their hair back and almost went 1920s. A uh, transatlantic voice, but that is not the right voice. It should have been Brooklyn. That's Never true. mind. Come on. <laughs> no, it's like, wow, ah, see, we're going to cause problems for you. <laughs> yeah, it's got like, a little trouble down on Fifth Street. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, like Al Capone. <laughs> like, you know, that's like a prohibition bootlegger. <laughs> it's real bad. It's real bad, is what it is. So now changelings are the forebearers of doppelgangers rather than the other way around. So, but this begs the question then. Where so we know where doppelgangers came from now, but where did right. changelings come from? So it is said the lord of the ancient kingdom of Orcaloon, driven by deep paranoia and an all consuming thirst for power, began Only studying power. the darkest paths of magic 
and bargained with fiends and other foul creatures. They warped their bodies through mystical rituals and packs, creating the first skulks, the first teethlings, and of course, the first changeling bloodlines. And finally, as a quick, you know, little like, you know, cherry on top in the critical role realm of Exandria, Mm -hmm. changeling's origins actually stem from the Feywild, which I think is exceptionally interesting. And I feel probably should be more more canon. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That would tie more into, yeah, more into real life lore aspects of like the other version of changelings so i like our version a lot and in fact like i would be fine with um (laughs) if uh, if a player in a campaign or an adventure i'm running is playing a changeling and they want to say like well i want my changeling to have come from the feywild i'd be totally fine Fine by me uh what's 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 some other stuff about changelings that you can tell us mary um well so they completely change their appearance like top to bottom can change it um to any member of the of any humanoid type race so they can shift from like their gender their all of their facial features every bit of it and carry multiple different um different masks different personas essentially um they shift with a mere thought like it's just that quick for them um some of them use this as a uh, artistic emotional expression so it's kind of indicative of moods and things like that as well which i think is pretty they're very fluid in everything that they do mm-hmm. and again this across gender lines race lines all of those things to where they can be any type of thing except it does have to have the same number of limbs so you can't just grow extra arms or some of the other uh, some of the newer races then i would assume they would not be able to Right, right. Lacking that ability. Some of the more insectoid type folks. So because of this, um, it's an invaluable tool for spies, for grifters, for people that wish to deceive assassins, as you mentioned earlier, thieves and things of that nature. The ne'er-do-wells of society. The ne'er-do-wells. They're so, so sneaky. Do not trust them. Um, this leads a lot of people to distrust changelings because, you know, they could be anywhere at any time. And you would never know. <laughs> um, this is also why a lot of the changelings keep their true nature hidden. Makes um, sense. Right. So mentioned masks, personas, things, you know, those things. Um, so a casual shape that they create at the spur of the moment. It has no depth. It has no history. Um, just it meets a specific situation. And it can be a thing that they use one time, never use it again. So mask is just literally just the mask you put it on take it off no big deal right um these can often be used to express moods or serve specific purposes i'm gonna go rob this bank here and do a heist here real quick so i'm just gonna wear this mask and then that guy he's never gonna exist again right so they'll never catch me yeah it would it would serve no purpose for for that person to, to show up again exactly now their personas on the other hand are developed identities these are an identity that has depth built over time crafted with a history and beliefs um these are uh they can be used like they have ties within their community and have like relationships with people and things like that so it's an entire an entire existence encapsulated into this persona um this focused identity will help them pinpoint particular skills or emotions and a uh, changeling adventurer, for example, might have different ones for different situations. Like I'm going to put on this face for negotiating. I, this one is more for investigation. This one is for combat-based type things. Um, so although they can be anybody, um, most any race's appearance, uh, they rely on a few established guises. Um, each you know they again they have their network that they talk to and those things these can provide a backup identity for them um if something compromises the one that they're using they get caught in that heist they can switch over to being somebody else you know right and already have sort of like um a A safety net Mm -hmm. already in Mm -hmm. place like yeah that makes a lot of sense um so these changelings that travel um from town to town to town 
um, often swap genders, appearances, and voices to blend in with each new community that they uh, they are immersing themselves in. So they kind of shift to meet whatever the needs of where they are are. <laughs> Makes sense, especially if they're trying to hide their true like their true right. nature, like who they are. Makes sense not to like rock, you know, cause you don't want to uh, rock the boat. Rock the boat, create waves, that sort mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you mentioned their dis- their appearances and stuff. What do they look like, though? I mean, yeah, like what is? I mean, I mean, they can look like me. They can look like you, but right. what does a changing look like actually? They are very startlingly vague. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love that description. <laughs> Surprisingly, not a lot happening. <laughs> so they're very, very slender, bordering on frail. Um, generally have very, very pale skin, white, light gray tones. Their hair is thin and fair, sometimes hints of blue, green, or even pink. Although pale sil- silver is the most common hair color with, you know, followed by platinums and blonde. I am having a problem with my microphone. You had it figured out? Okay. Okay, there you are. Let me fix... No, this thing is messing up hardcore on this end. It was cutting out the audio on my end, too. Okay. Better? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Where the hell was I? Okay, there I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, followed by platinum and blonde. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so their arms and legs, their limbs are slightly long and a little bit out of proportion compared to most other humanoids. Their faces have more distinct features than the doppelgangers would. Um oversized eyes often sunken in with dark rings um, between which lies a subtle nose while the rest of their facial features don't quite look as finished as those of a human so like it was mentioned in the description at the very beginning that we opened with kind of their features melted away like they are very shapeless and just a hint of like a sculptor didn't quite get finished they just stopped partway through okay i got it It makes sense yeah so while they Each one does have their own gender. Um, They can use their shape-changing ability to change gender from male to female, vice versa, to intersex, to altogether with, like, androgynous genderless completely. Um, Most traditional physical qualities they have is they fall within the boundaries of a medium size, uh, usually standing between five to six foot tall, um, reach maturity at about 15 years old, and live, like, under a century, kind of like humans do. Okay, so, yeah, so more or less they're 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 human-like in that regard yeah they're they're human-like in that way as well um it is rare to see one in their true form uh a typical changeling changes their shape the way others might change their clothing so it the way i thought of it when i was like doing the research and looking at you know uh, depictions of changelings mm-hmm. is that they almost look like clay they almost look like uh like a clay person that mm-hmm you know like you said doesn't have like distinct features but just you know has features has them defined enough that you can be like oh yeah i guess that's where the nose is that's those are the eyes and the mouth okay yeah i can definitely see that but but not anything so defined that it's um that it isn't easily removable obviously and that's, that's exactly what they do like you know uh you know day in day out if and maybe even multiple times a day yeah change to fit their mood or right. their situation. So what so, are they like though? What are they like though? We know okay, so we know kind of where they came from. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we know kind of what they look like. But what are they like? What are what are their hopes and dreams? <laughs> oh goodness. 
Um, do they do they have hopes and dreams? Is that what we're doing? Are we, I, w- like, I would guess so. I don't know. We, yeah, spitballing here. Yeah. Um, in general, they're very prudent, very cautious uh, race of folks. They prefer to take risks only when they feel that it's going to be beneficial to them to where they have a higher chance of success and it's going to be a good payoff. They do appreciate the finer things in life and take pleasure in the comforts of a wealthy lifestyle and, you know, when they can, when they can reach that. um, Which, I mean, it's got to be somewhat, it's got to be much easier for a changeling to kind of, yeah, get into that sort of lifestyle, right? Yeah, because they can be so many people. I mean, they can, like you said, they can, they need to, they can immediately conjure up, you know, Mm -hmm. this the visage of a man that doesn't exist and then go rob a bank and then that person doesn't exist. So like, there's no reason why anyone would ever find, mm-hmm. you know, they could do the, um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, blanking on, on her name. You know, the, the, the playboy playmate that married the, the old billionaire, the old like oil billionaire, <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's gonna. But yeah, something like that, you know, like you know, just, like I'm going to marry this rich guy and just you know wait him out until he dies and then take all of his money then. <laughs> and then, you know, up, then abscond and be someone else completely, and like no one will ever see that that woman again. Yeah, they'll never exist again. I was thinking it'd be really easy to rob a bank. You tie the person who's in charge of the stuff up, lock them in the safe, and leave as them terrified of whatever's in there. Oh, yeah, that's be, that'd be a good one, too. <laughs> How can I be a criminal? You have a lot of good ideas for robbing banks. <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so they do what i just said they try to avoid direct confrontation they prefer to be stealthy as possible and hasty retreats as often as they can they want to get in there get it done get out of there and not rock the boat makes sense right um in confrontation a confrontation conversation excuse me that's the right word in conversation um often soft-spoken have a gift for drawing more information out of um out of the other part than the other party intends to reveal so they kind of have a way of making you feel comfortable being able to take your secrets from you sounds terrible terrifying i love it i mean yeah i mean it's i mean it's one of those things it's where you know like yeah i mean it makes sense with their predilection toward you know um, non-violent methods of getting what they want you know like why not you know just have someone tell you something that they could later be blackmailed over like (laughs) that seems easy enough to me also true this is true so they tend to they exist of all alignments as per usual with most of our folks here um but most gravitate towards neutrality. They focus on personal concerns rather than issues of law or morality, and many have their own unique independent codes of honor. Um, Usually kind of harmless, passive people. They're not really interested in social affairs or political affairs or anything like that. They just want to, they just want to, like, I just want to do me and get by in life. Like that kind of a vibe. Um, due to this, though, the surreptitious uh, ways of life, however, many, as previously mentioned, many people, they don't trust them, um, which has led to a lot of them becoming social recluses or commonly has pushed them to take a fake identity on so that they can escape that kind of persecution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, seems people are intent on seeing the worst in changelings. They assume that they only use the shape-shifting or you know, uh, changing ability for malicious ends. Um, and while some of them do, um, such individuals don't really exist in any greater number than any of the other races that are out there. It's just uh, makes it a little easier for them to, I guess, if they wanted to be. I was going to say, like, if you, if you meet someone who's like, oh, I can change my face to look like anybody or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. 
And you're like, oh, I bet you do that to Rob Banks. That says more about that person than it does about the oh, changeling. Hey, wow, that's, we're doing personal attacks, are we? Well, I mean, it just, I mean, it seems like like they're trying to like they're projecting on like mm-hmm. what they would do if they had that ability so like yeah I, I i love the fact that it's like you know they you know like yeah they're some of those changelings do exist but hey guess what like there are like humans who can't do that who also like you know commit crimes mm-hmm. and dwarves mm-hmm. and elves and like you know but it's just you know they're just a group of people just like everyone else like some of them you know are good and some of them are bad right And like I said, it's one of those like, you know, chicken or the egg scenarios. Did yeah. people distrust changelings because they could shape change or were changelings forced to, you know, deceptively shape change because people didn't trust them? Ooh, could be on account of the deity that they follow as well. A trickster god, they must be tricksters. They must be, you know, devious and sneaky. That that's a very good point as well. I mean, like it's it's one of those things where it's like everything, uh, everything. You sort of instead of looking at the at the person, you rather look at like everything around them and and make a uh, and make a generalized opinion. Right. Based on that. Well, yeah. If you're a logical person, but come on. If you're, and I'm nothing. If I'm nothing. If not logical. <laughs> nothing. If not kind of somewhat logical, maybe sometimes. We're going to take a quick break, go to the middle of the show. And when we come back, we will talk about the culture of changelings, their society, mm-hmm. as well as the three main group, like psychological groups that they fall into. Mm-hmm. But for now, let's go to the middle of the show. Hello and welcome to the middle of the show. The middle of the show is where we like to kick back and thank our patrons, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. discuss any recent D&D news or uh, reveals or announcements, as well as uh, take a stroll on through the DMs Guild to see what kind yes. of fun homebrew shenanigans we can get into. First and foremost, we want to thank our patrons, um, all of our patrons, are especially near and dear to our hearts. But in mm-hmm. particular this week, we want to spotlight our international patrons, our patrons that are outside of the U.S., uh, Jaco H. and Peter M. Thank you for representing the D&D Lorecast in Europe. We appreciate it. And and we we hope that uh, you can spread the, the lore love uh, across the Atlantic. Ah, and if you absolutely. are interested in spreading lore love, it mm-hmm. um, it's... It's not a disease. It it can be contagious, but best uh, kind of contagious. Uh, you can join uh, our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash dnd lorecast. We have tiers um, from five to seventy five dollars. You get uh, stickers. You get t shirts. You get um, coffee mugs. In fact, uh, our patron uh, Bjorn Ironside should have gotten his uh patron mug just yesterday in fact Ooh. i got a notification that it was delivered um but yeah uh bonus episodes patron plus installments mm-hmm. all sorts of cool stuff is available to the patrons we want to make uh we want to make it worth your while if you if you're you know dropping Absolutely. your hard earned gp on us we definitely want to thank you mm-hmm. in a way that uh we think is you know like i said it's um that we, you would appreciate and so like i said if you're able to do so uh we we would we would love we would love to have you as part of yep. the patreon family as as part of the fine folk of the patreon um but if not if you um if you're unable to to sign up uh there like mary what's some other ways they can they can support oh, us they can jump into the robots radio discord and find the dungeons and dragons lorecast channel like we are both in there all the time like i never don't have my phone on me i'm one of those humans same Um, and i work from home four days out of the week and so i always have like the discord open on one monitor and as soon as someone's like Hey, I was thinking about starting a campaign that does this, this, and this. Any like ideas? I'm like, oh, yes, I have a million ideas. I'm I like, have glad so many ideas. Why? Thank you for asking. You've activated my trap card. Um, 
<laughs> but you can also find us on Twitter at D&D Lorecast. And well, I'm under my own at Mary underscore Sybil. So either one of us you can find there. For sure. For sure. For sure. And then, of course, leaving us five star reviews on Spotify oh, or on Apple Podcasts and just you know, telling, you know, word of mouth, word like of telling mouth. someone that you think might enjoy the show, you know, go into your uh, local, your local friendly gaming store and, you know, talking to the clerk or to another patron there and saying, like, hey, like I listen to this awesome lore cast, these two mm-hmm. absolute dorks. Talk way too much about D and D. They are utterly obsessed with it, and uh, I think you might like it. That's some heavy nerd shit. You should get in on it. <laughs> I mean, like that's, it, yeah. I I swear, like, give me any sort of in, any just give me any <laughs> sort of wiggle room, and I will start talking about D and D. Give him the hint that he's allowed to, and he busts through the wall like the Kool Aid Man. Like heard we're boss... talking about D and D. Not even talking to like my boss has stopped asking me uh, if I have anything fun planned for the weekend because she <laughs> like here it comes like what's going on in your campaign like what you know what happened in Waterdeep last week? I love it. I love it. I get. I just get. Oh well, that's nice. Oh okay. Pat pat on the head there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So yeah, the, again, thank you to the patrons and Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash D&D Lorecast if you are interested. As far as uh, news goes, not a whole lot going on, but I did want to um, I did want to point out uh, that there is a lot as D&D Beyond, you know, D&D Beyond was you know, acquired by Wizards of the Coast earlier mm-hmm. this year. And as a result, we are now getting the long-awaited physical digital bundles that yes. you know just you know make my make my heart sing. But as uh, they start to integrate that platform into the game, mm-hmm. and in fact, uh, they used to have the Dragon Plus digital magazine, which okay. was um, sort of um, the digital and spiritual successor to you know the actual physical dragon magazine from back in the day um you know they did away with that because it seems like they're just going to use D beyond as that sort of you know that that's going to be the avenue for their digital content as far as right. um, you know possibly um you know doing like maybe like one shot adventures or just you know in general and i've noticed that there has been a recent uptick in content on D beyond for example uh, this was um, at the end of August. Rogue two hundred one, the best magic items for rogues, and then Ooh. you've got uh, mm-hmm. what is Dragonlance, a world on the brink of destruction, which sort of is a primer for the upcoming uh, campaign setting, an adventure. Uh, how to run a low magic campaign in D anD D? They have so D anD D Beyond is an amazing resource, like completely amazing. Like I thought it, you know, and perhaps it was at a certain point, I thought it was, you know, just for character sheets and just Mm -hmm. for digital source books. But now they're actually putting a lot more, um, like a lot more articles and, and uh, stuff that you can use like uh, Wither and Bloom. Uh, There's an article, it's a, you know, it's a spell spotlight. So it's, you know, it's, it, I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, uh, an an easy way to, um, to highlight certain aspects of the game that mm-hmm. you know might be overlooked or like in the sense in the case of a how to run a low magic campaign in D, you know giving people ideas on you know uh not not just your typical like you know sword and sorcery which right D&D is known for but you know maybe something a little bit more realistic right which some people do prefer the more oh no yeah absolutely stuff. there was uh one of the things that it mentions is um uh gritty realism mm-hmm. it's an optional rest of variant and in, that's included in the dmg okay that uh under gritty realism gritty realism eight hours is a short rest and seven days is a long rest i mean yeah i mean that's m- true very real i mean seven days might be kind of too short i mean I, I i do some i i exert myself physically in any way and it's 
I feel like I need at least a, a fortnight to recover. Yeah. At my age, but pretty much, <laughs> but you know, I'm no longer an adventurer. My adventuring days are behind me. I, I am now like the old wizard, like stuck in his, you know, in his keep when <laughs> his end with, with his books. Locked away in the tall tower. So yeah, but so yeah, check out D and D beyond. Like I said, like I was once of the opinion, like it's just character sheets. And mm-hmm. if you happen to have mm-hmm. one of the digital books, you could use I, it there too. I, one of the other aspects I love of uh, beyond is that the, they're working towards having a virtual tabletop through them as well but it does actually tie into beyond 20 is an extension that will tie it to roll 20 as well so stuff you have on one you can utilize through the other so it's all very interconnected and that was why i ended up going with that because i've never played a game in real life i've only ever played online we should we should do we should set that up somehow we could probably figure it out like a one shot at least you know like something right. from journeys through the radiant Citadel. Ooh, you know something that'll take games, you know yeah. two to four hours yeah it sounds like a plan so i'm down how about the dm's guild you were excited because you're like i found something i found something i, I did i am i am never the one to find the dm's guild stuff because well, i lose track of my entire life when i go I to that say, like, time you, stops existing you've mentioned your sort of love-hate relationship with the dm's <laughs> guild yeah. i do i love and hate it but what i found was more grave miscellany and i think that's how that word's pronounced so we um, are going to be discussing the shifter race next on our little uh, Patreon plus the, episode. Yeah, the Patreon plus installment so if, for this episode. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you happen to need to know more about what I'm about to tell you, that's just sign right up and come on over. Um, so, there are various types of shifters. I'll just drop it that way. There's different sub races, right? So, this has additional sub races that are added to it. Um, it's a supplement to the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron that comes to you by way of its co authors, Keith Baker and Rudy Rutenberg, which is an amazing name. Um, I love it. Who breathe more life and lore into the eponymous campaign setting now released, you know, for fifth edition DD. Um, it's a 164 page book gives you all the info you need to delve deeper into Eberron, um, you know, stories for your characters, uh, some deep dives uh, to expand on Corvair from, you know, from the Demon Waste to the coast of the Lazar Principalities and has all kinds of different things and some noir story hooks in there as well. Um, So, like I said, it adds new subclays subclasses sure that subclasses and races combined racial features new forms of dragon marks and more um but yeah this one i thought was pretty great if you are running anything in eberron want to add to your shifters outside of the four existing sub races this is a great way to do it it's very it's very beautifully done um would love to go pick this one up when i get a chance it is on my wish list and like i said like a lot of this stuff um like you know changelings or shifters you know isn't exclusive to eberron i mean as far as like you could easily um just transplant just drop them on any old place like with minimal if any uh Mm -hmm. tweaks at all so yeah anything to you know allow more um personalization like allow the your your play allow your player to make a character that they really enjoy playing that they really love Mm -hmm. Um, so then you could so so then as dm you could later on kill them and and hurt them all the more oh you could torture them more it'll be great and Uh, so yeah it's a it's 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 a great offering it's a great um and 164 pages i mean that's that's meaty i love that yeah for 14.95 that's a hell of a deal well, i guess that about wraps it up for the middle of the show let's mm-hmm. go ahead and uh finish talking about changelings back to it Hello, welcome to the end of the show. Uh, we are going to discuss the culture, the society, and the psychology of changelings now that we have mm-hmm. discussed um, like 
sort of where they came from, what they look like, and what they are like. Now, you know, how are they as a whole? Well, they have no homeland. They live among humans and other humanoids, uh, blending in and living in their shadow. You know, wherever they live, changelings reside also. Mm-hmm. The question is, though, is whether or not their presence is known. Like we said mm-hmm. earlier, you know, most of them tend to hide their true nature mm-hmm. for one reason or another. And so having no culture of their own, changelings, uh, they slip into other societies and blend in. And rather than create their own art and achievements, changelings are happy with claiming others as their own, which would make sense because, uh, you know, the arts, the customs, the practices, all that, that changelings uphold, Mm -hmm. they're just tools that they can use to reinforce their identities. Right. So, you know, um, you know, as a, an example in real life, you know, somebody who lives in uh, or a changelings in New York, you know, they're like, they don't care about the Yankees, but they, you know, they pretend to care about the Yankees because it makes that their identity as like, you know, someone from the Bronx that much more believable. Right. Right. And so go ahead. I said, oh, that makes, I mean, yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Right. So like, you know, it's, you know, why they don't, you know, their whole, you know, most of their life is set in, you know, trying to like, you know, get in where they fit in. And so why bother trying to create any sort of art or music or anything like that when you could, uh, when you could, you know, co-op somebody else's. Right. It's a reflection of the society they're blending into. Yeah, exactly. And that only helps to uh, further their own purpose, like I said, of getting in where they fit in. Right. Um, they often, and again, they are usually the backbone of the criminal underworld in larger cities. You know, those, those, um, those changes that do, uh, you know, go to the life of crime, the criminal underworld is, there's usually a lot of changelings in there simply because, you know, they, they are, uniquely built for that sort of work right it's kind of perfect for them you know but while others work as entertainers i mean can you imagine like an actor that you didn't have to like you know who didn't have to you know sit in the makeup chair for two hours you just save so much money on productions right or like you know you know or like you have a you have a play or a, a movie or something that you know two characters are never on you know together at the same time, you could just have one actor, one change, they play them both. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can also, they're also um, widely known as investigators or government agents. Oh. And so one of those criminal organizations that I was talking about is known as the Tyrants, which I think is a fantastic name for it really a criminal is. group. They deal in secrets and lies in selling forgeries and running long cons and treating identities as a commodity. They gather as many secrets as possible and then sell that information to the highest bidder or or using it for blackmail or they just, you know, squirrel it away for a time when it may become useful. Hmm. Which, you know, makes a lot of sense if you you know, are sort of devious like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, They have spies throughout the city, Mm -hmm. even in place. And this is the part that gets me even in places where they have no current plans or contracts that sort of like goes back to what I just said about getting information and storing it, uh, you know, for a time when it becomes useful. Just kind of constantly watching and implanting themselves in a situation so that if something did come up, they'd already be ready. Exactly, exactly. So the beggar on the street or, you know, asking for a copper or Mm -hmm. the bartender serving you a drink or even the courtier who's sort of like giving you the eye from across that bar. Right. Could actually be a persona crafted by a tyrant changeling. I think this kind of explains why nobody trusts them. I mean, like I said, it's I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, 
they just assume that all the changelings are like that when right when in fact a lot of changelings just want to live their life as peaceably as possible yeah and so those who do pursue careers as adventurers um are those that you know those changelings that aren't inclined toward crime or hmm. stealth and so those sort of more traditional changeling careers are close to them and as you mentioned earlier uh, many changelings revere a chaotic, neutral shapeshifter deity known as the Traveler. Like you and you say, you're you're talking about the Traveler a little bit and how kind of they're they're very unique and they're very they're 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 neat. I like them. I like them a lot. Yeah. Uh, they're one of the outcast Dark Six, which is mm-hmm. a group of deities banished from the Sovereign Host pa- uh, Pantheon because of their evil ways. Uh, the traveler is unique among them because he's actually not evil. He's neutral. And this chaotic and neutral deity seems to have no other connections or no connections to the other deities of the Pantheon. So you have this sort of deity who stands alone, which hmm. makes sense why the changelings and also like the whole shape-shifting thing. Uh, right. you know, he's, a, he's a consummate shapeshifter. The traveler is said to, to walk the land in a thousand disguises and as a master of cunning and deception, it emphasizes subtlety and careful planning. So it makes sense that the changeling race would gravitate toward this deity. And I love this aspect. It says in some places, the traveler is known as the giver of gifts, but Proverbs warn, beware the gifts of the traveler. Give you something you might not want. It's, or I mean, it might it's... not be... Oh, it's the literal DM is what it is. It sounds like a like many of the magic items of the week that we've given our listeners <laughs> is like, oh yeah, here's this cool thing that if you use it too much will actually kill you. <laughs> it steals your soul. Uh, and then the, there are rumors that there is an entire changeling settlement hidden somewhere known simply as Lost. And that the buildings of this place are said to be a are are the buildings themselves are able to shift shape, transforming into cliffs or trees to deceive the eyes of strangers, while its denizens are said to have mastered a number of powerful rituals, and some of the greatest unsolved thefts in history are thought to be their doing. So again, just more of that sort of like lore and folklore and 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 um fable yeah and sort of like yeah, yeah. campfire ghost stories about changelings the, that sort of do love a good fairy story that kind of poison the well uh against them you know for other yeah. people completely so you mentioned they fall into three psychological groups earlier right what are these well they are the passers the becomers and the reality seekers oh and okay. they're all fairly distinct. And, you know, up, upon meeting a a changeling, you could easily determine, you know, which one of those groups they fall into. Okay. Um, passers more than likely, like you'll, you'll never know because they, that's exactly what they try. They, they pass, they want to, they're the most human-like in their attitudes and they want to be a part of their community and repress their shape-shifting ability. So if you never find out that a passer, that you know, that this person is a changeling, more than likely it's because they're a passer. Right. So they're doing a good job of passing for whatever they're trying to pass for them. Exactly. They use okay. their abilities to fit in with their community and identify closely with the races, uh, which whatever race they portray. And rarely travel as they live in constant fear of being discovered. You know, it's one of those things they they try to mitigate um, uncertainty because uncertainty means could, you know, could be dangerous. Yeah. And so they sort of stay rooted and try to fall into a routine where they can easily, um, they easily, they know what, what to expect. Okay passers always choose one gender whether it's not whether or not it is the gender that uh they were assigned at birth or right uh, but they always choose the one and they feel very odd or uncomfortable 
at the thought of not being that gender, as well as following the sexual norms of their portrayed races or society. And this is all because of a desire to blend in and more so to blend in. Uh, they don't anticipate having children, which is at first that didn't make any sense. But then again, like they want to mitigate uncertainty as much as possible. Right. And there's that nothing more uncertain. <laughs> you know, you and I both know as parents, there's nothing more uncertain oh, than gosh. having a kid. Can confirm. So, you know, a changeling child endangers, you know, their parent or parents cover right. more or less, you know, mm-hmm. and so two changelings will always have a changeling child while a changeling and another humanoid race. Well, it's a coin flip. It's 50 50, whether it'll be changeling or whatever the other parent is. And this is the part that sort of goes uh, ties into like real life changing changeling lore, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, those, those changeling children that are born to passers are sometimes abandoned, given up for adoption or in rare instances killed. Oh. And another possibility is that a mother may go to another community there and try is. to swap her child for another. There it is, is. Yeah. The big sort of like, you know, story for changelings mm-hmm. is, um, and that, they even uh, discuss how, like, you know, kids will be teased, you know, like, oh, like you're actually a changeling, like, you know, da, 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 da. or like, you know, parents will, you know, scold them, like, you know, if you don't behave, like, I'll let the changelings take you. Mm-hmm. In the rare instance, a passer keeps a changeling child. The infant is taught from birth to repress its shape-shifting or shape-changing ability and to adopt the race portrayed by the parent. And which... Um, might not be as hard as you might think because like you mentioned earlier they they literally like a thought crosses their mind and they change yeah. and so for babies you know they're nothing they they learn by example mm-hmm. and so they see their parent who looks like one thing and so they you know they have no sort of like um like self-awareness so they just right. think that and then they'll start to look Mimicking. like that exactly it makes me wonder if the parents could then program to an extent the child's looks so as a changeling you can shift and look like a combination of yourself and your partner and then wear that face to get the baby to mirror so it makes me wonder if you would have them training this is what you're going to look like and then it changes as they grow older obviously but yeah makes sense if it's makes programmable sense. and so like pastors like i said they, they are the they want to rock the boat the absolute least. They just, right. they want to fit in. And as a result, other changelings call them actors or pretenders and view them with contempt. Like they look down on them, which uh, it makes sense that the next group would because the becomers, because these changelings believe that their mutability or their tendency to change is the central aspect of changelings and express this belief by adopting many different identities. So a a becomer knows that he has multiple identities inside him or them and brims with the potential to become a a young male elf or an old female half-orc or a middle-aged male gnome and many, many other personas. Like they, like I love the way they describe this. They describe you know, humanoid life as if eating from a grand banquet table. You know, uh. they want to explore and stretch all these multiple identities and taking a sample from the grand variety. So they just adopt one role after another. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like they're at the, the Golden Corral and mm-hmm. sort of getting a little bit of everything. Let's take a little bit of everything. Uh, some of these assumed identities become favorites to be returned to many times. Other personas are discarded after a few short trials. Mm-hmm. And as such, becomers have a very fluid relationship with gender and usually feel comfortable, uh, you know, switching between them, between, you know, between whatever, um, whatever gender most suits the role, you know, the situation at the moment, you know, they okay. have no qualms, you know, unlike the pastors who can't really view themselves as not the gender that they pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, becomers are like, hey, like you know, whatever 
works best here is you know yeah is what I want to be. Like there was a uh, I I don't I didn't include it in the notes, but in the research, they told the story of one of the comer changeling in particular who, um, like was married like had one persona where they were married to like a dwarf a dwarven male for a hundred years, and while they were like married, they were also like one of um like one of the most celebrated uh in a brothel and like water deep or something like that like, oh my <laughs> it was like like there was like it was like gnarly the like you know, different Multi-lives. Persona they had. yeah yeah that's and, for the uh, care that's for it's the race for the people that don't know what they want to play they don't know which race to pick there so you that's go. what they do just be a changeling you can be a little bit of everything but you got to keep your stats you don't get to shift those out which is also true yeah you, you don't if you decide to um shift into an elf you don't get you know those elven stats that yeah. um that uh, bonuses for yeah, bonuses and all that mm-hmm. uh in regards to children a child born to a becomer is welcome loved and accepted by its parents whether or not it's a changeling but s- still though even though it is welcome and loved and accepted non-changeling offspring are still treated by changeling parents as if they have some sort of impairment or limitation interesting and because to them um they they they, you know they're unable to live you know experience life as you know like their parents do and you know in in all of its you know grand variety right and so as a result these children are encouraged to overcome this perceived disability by pursuing endeavors that enable them to change forms such as you know becoming a druid you know and and using wild shape Mm -hmm. so mary tell us about reality seekers reality seekers um these are the ones that believe in the existence of an ultimate truth they seek to discover what is real um these are the changelings that are comfortable being their natural form and tend towards lawful alignments and they generally avoid tricking people, lying to people, and any other kinds of deception. Um, Many of these seek out their own kind and, in fact, often start an entire changeling community where they can just exist and be themselves. Um, Many seekers adopt other forms, but first and foremost, a changeling, which is its own with its own true form. They can use these other ones, but they are themselves at the root of it. The concept of ideal form and ultimate truth occupies a treasured place in the reality seeker's identity. Each one adopts a personal code of conduct that defines these concepts, and then they strongly adhere to it. Uh, Reality seekers prefer other reality seekers as their romantic companions or mates. Because for them, the most important aspect of a relationship with another changeling is truth, honesty, and trust. These sound so pleasant. It sounds like um like a match.com profile. It really does. <laughs> I'm not trying to it's the goodness. I'm just looking for a relationship where I can be truthful, just, honest, and trust, you know, I just want to be myself. <laughs> um their worldview includes concept of sharing themselves with multiple partners and even having group marriage Um, so they live that poly lifestyle sometimes Um, these changelings desire their children to be changelings as well um, able to so that they're able to understand the mysteries of having changeling form and perhaps achieving finding their ultimate truth Um, Youngsters are encouraged to explore their shape-shifting abilities and also their, you know, more relaxed, featureless forms. And they're often raised in those open communities of reality seekers with um, all the adults taking an active role in raising the children. It takes a village. It takes a village. Of changelings. Of changelings to raise children. To raise changeling children. To raise changeling children. Um, they're taught to value their natural forms, but also practice adopting other guises so that they can, you know, hone that shape-shifting, um, shape-changing aspect of their heritage. So in being true to yourself, you also have to accept that part too. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like, so 
it it seems like you have the pastors who are like you know don't uh, you know if they it seems like if they had their druthers they would not be a changeling right and the becomers like okay we can do this let's have some fun with it let's just do all of it let's like get nuts with it mm-hmm. and the reality seekers are like hey we can do this but why there's there's two sides to all of us and we got to be in touch with both of those sides and maybe a fourth and fifth and sixth side because we could totally do that and that's okay so i mean i like there's like you know there's you know and i like that you know there could be some fluctuate like you know there could be like um perhaps uh, a change thing grows up in a in a passer home mm-hmm. and then you know feel, feels constricted by it and then goes out and and transitions into a becomer and you know mm-hmm. goes out and you know has those multiple identities and you know sort of like you know picks from life's garden and then uh, in in their older age, becomes a reality seeker. I like, you know, mm-hmm. there there could be a there could be a, an arc there. Change, oh, it's a beautiful character arc. I love it. Yeah, we've uh, so th- that's changelings, and we will discuss the other uh, shape changing race from Eberron, the yes. Shifter, in the Patron Plus installment to this episode, which will be out here shortly for um our uh, scholar patrons and up on patreon.com slash dnd lorecast uh but before we head out for the evening uh mary what what kind of magic item do you have for us i have a slightly annoying one <laughs> i wouldn't have it any other way it's been one of those weeks so i have for you a glitzberg glitter bomb it's a- exactly what it sounds like okay <laughs> so bomb can be used thrown at a person and they are in fact covered in the most horrible of craft supplies that never goes away the glitter glitter. so what this is going to do is it's going to cause disadvantage to stealth (laughs) obviously and it's going to leave a little bit of a trail so you can be followed but i'll be nice and say that after you know as the days progress it becomes a little less and less easy to follow this trail if you're stalking someone or following them but otherwise it's just everywhere i like that i like the uh it's like a uh a magic um like homing device mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a magic all slash like you said yeah like very annoying like homing <laughs> device, like non-electronic homing device it's just the most basic annoying and fabulous way to track somebody no, i um I uh, am a big pro wrestling fan. And oh. one of the last shows I went to, I had a sign that I was like, oh, I'm going to use glitter for it because, wow. you know, it's going to pop. When I have it pop, it's going to look great. And my gosh, like, I will never, ever mess with glitter again. I unironically love it. I don't care that it's messy. It's I the worst. do not care. It gets everywhere. I have the finest of glitter spilled in my keyboard and it still ends up on my lap. And it's been like a year and a half. Just put the keyboard in my lap to type sparkles. I'm okay with it. Oh, that's <laughs> well, you know, it's been a good run and I've, I've enjoyed <laughs> having you on the show. <laughs> right, right. All right. I've been canceled like three <laughs> times already. You still keep saying so about that. About that. Um, come back and come back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely come back. Uh, both you, Mary, and myself and the listener. Yes. We appreciate you allowing us um, into your life for this amount of time that it took to listen to the show. Like mm-hmm. you said, um, all of the things we discussed are will be in the show notes, whether it be the Patreon yes. or mm-hmm. um, the DMs Guild Corner of the Week pick mm-hmm. or um, our social media links. All that stuff's in the show notes. Uh, give us a ring. Give us a holler. Let us know if you um, have an idea for uh, a topic of lore. You know, we're, there's there's a lot to pick from. And so, it's true. Uh, you know, yeah. the, the one you want to hear about might not come, might, might not show up for a while because there there's quite a bit to, to, mm-hmm. to, to sort through. So yeah, give us a ring, dnd, uh, lorecast at gmail.com, Twitter at yep. dnd, lorecast. Uh, the robots radio network discord and mm-hmm, uh yeah just mm-hmm, give mm-hmm. us a ring let us know uh how you like the show and um 
Or even if you want to, you know, you want to talk some smack because of my love of all things sparkly and glittery. I would not be opposed to that. That that email will get forwarded straight to Mary. Be like, hey, we got another one. I'm fine with it. I will take all of the heat. You can't take the heat. Stay out of the dragon. (laughs) Thank you so much for (laughs) listening. My name is Sergio. And I am Mary. Fare thee well, dear listener. And until we meet again, may all your 20s be natural. Thanks for listening to the Dungeons & Dragons Lorecast. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with a friend, following us on Twitter at DNDLorecast, or jumping on the Robots Radio Discord to chat more with us about Dungeons & Dragons. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. The culture and society. It's being a rich old widow.